morning. Oh, I can tell why Pastor Thomas is always smiling. You guys are beautiful. I'm a high-tech guy, but like slow motion. I got to take a picture of this. Okay? One, two, three. Oh, beautiful. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm not taking a picture because this might be the last time Pastor Thomas asked me to preach. I'm taking a picture because I want to remember the people I go to church with. I want to tell people they're beautiful. They look just like Jesus. And until he calls me home, I will remember this day. Okay, so I want to open um, in a word of prayer, but every time I read my Bible, Jesus was always about relationship. He did things alone, but he was connected to the Father. So if you if you guys can take out um, your Bible or your cell phone, you guys might be high tech too, everybody. Okay, hold it up, and we're going to pray this prayer. Ready? begin. This is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. I can do what it says I can do. Today, I will be taught the Word of God, and I boldly declare my mind is alert, my heart is receptive, and I will never be the same. I am about to receive the incorruptible, indestructible, ever-living seed of the Word of God. I will never be the same. Never, never, never. I will never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's get right in the Word. If you could turn to 2 Corinthians 5.20. And it says, We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. So I like to Google things. I Google everything to death. So I was like, ambassador? That sounds important. So according to Merriam-Webster, an ambassador is an authorized representative of the highest rank, accredited to a sovereign as the resident representative of his or her kingdom. So in other words, God is saying that I authorize each and every one of us here in this room to be his highest ranking official. And I qualify you. Where you're living as my resident agent to represent my kingdom. Why don't you turn with me to John chapter 4. You know, I'm not going to read this chapter. Sometime this week, I would uh, like it if, if, if you read this chapter at home, you chewed on it. I'm just going to paraphrase it. Uh, John chapter 4 talks about when Jesus meets a Samaritan woman at the well. He goes there about lunchtime. So his disciples decide to go into the town to get some, as Pastor Thomas would say, local kind grinds. The thing about Jesus going up to this woman and talking to her is at the time it wasn't customary 
for men to talk to women. And it wasn't customary for men to talk to women if their husband wasn't there. Jesus asked her for a drink. And the Samaritan woman questions him. She's like, how can you ask me for a drink? Because Jesus, being a Jew, Jews didn't associate with Samaritans. Samaritans were like the hapahauli of the day. So Jesus had a conversation with her. He uncovers some of her sin. He tells her things that has happened in her life, and he invites her to drink his living water that she would never be thirsty again. Going to the well and drawing water was a social thing. It's when all the women got together. They would usually do it in the early morning or the evening when it was cool. This woman was an outcast because she was at the well during the hottest time of the day, drawing water all by herself. She asked Jesus for this living water so she wouldn't have to come and draw water herself. She was asking for the physical, but Jesus gave her the spiritual. Now the story goes on to say that she was so touched by Jesus that she told everybody in her town. She invited them to come and hear Jesus, and a whole bunch of them did, and they believed in Jesus. And a whole bunch of them didn't, but because of her testimony, they believed in Jesus. Jesus wants you to know that you are on assignment for him. The Samaritan woman had a brief encounter with Jesus, and she was never the same. He gave her an assignment, and there were so many believers that came out of that. If we turn to Matthew 22, 36 to 39, a Pharisee is asking Jesus, Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and the greatest commandment. And the second is just like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. That's Christianity wrapped up right there in those two things. But I think sometimes, how can we love our neighbor as ourselves if we don't even love ourselves? We got to get together with God and see how he feels about us. For the past two months, I've been waking up like crazy early, sometimes one in the morning, sometimes two and I was like worried. Oh no, I'm old. I no can sleep now. And so I'm watching the clock, waiting for my wife to get up. She gets up at five o'clock to go to work. So I'm looking. Okay, it's one ten. I check again. Oh, it's one fifteen. Oh, it's only three hours forty-five minutes, and she's gonna come out here. I get her coffee ready for her. At 5 o'clock, I hear her alarm. And then a couple minutes later, I hear the toilet flush. I'm like a little kid. I'm shaking. I'm so excited she's coming. And she comes out, and I just hug her. And I was like, I've been waiting for you. I love you so much. 
And so, like, she's pushing my, me away because she wants to go drink her coffee. And I'm like, stop it. She gets her coffee. She makes her lunch. She wants to go to have her quiet time. But I'm like this to her. And she comes, and I hug her again. And I don't want to let her go. And I think that's how God is with us. He can't wait till you wake up. He can't wait to hug on you and love on you and tell you, I love you so much. You are awesome. You're beautiful because you look just like me. Let's turn to Zephaniah 3.17. It's like three books back from Malachi. The scripture reads, The Lord your God is with you. He is mighty to save. He will take great delight in you. He will quiet you with his love. He will rejoice over you with singing. So every time I read the Bible, I'm like, okay, what what does that look like? Because if I can see it, then I can do it. I think that the song that God is singing over is is like this. This is his favorite song. the song God is singing. Do you know who you are in me? Come and let me give you some hugs. And I think this is what it looks like. He's rejoicing over us singing that song. And he says, Doreen, you're my favorite. I love you so much. I saw that your kidney was failing. So I gave you a new one because it's not over. You're on assignment for me. I think about you all day long. And I have awesome things in store for you. Tell everybody about what I did because that's your assignment. And then he'll, hey, Bronson, my mighty man of God, I'm so in love with you. Nothing can separate my love from you. I heard you praying for a new kidney for your wife. So I gave it to her. You're also my favorite. Bronson, you gave up the business you started with her and had for 20 years. You loved it so much, but you gave it up to spend time with her. That's my kind of love. Bronson, you're on assignment for me. Testify to my goodness and love that when you call, I answer. I am so pleased with you. And yet he would rejoice and sing over here and say, Abby, you're my favorite. 
you just got your driver's license and you made a mistake, you think you shouldn't have passed. But I shielded the examiner's eyes, and so you did. You got a job so that you could buy gas, so you could drive to school. But you're on assignment for me. You're at that store because when you greet people, my love and blessing is flowing through you and hitting them. You have my shield of victory. My right hand sustains you. I crouch down and make you great. I know you want to be a crime scene investigator because I put that in you. And you're looking at colleges so far away and you're concerned about the money. But I'm telling you, I know the plans I have for you. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. Abby, you are the apple of my eye. I am crazy in love with you. Nothing and no one can separate my love from you. That's how God feels about each and every one of us. He has that for us. Each of us, we get ready in the morning. We want to look our best. And we want to be the beautiful people that God has created us to be. I take like five minutes because I don't care what I look like. Because my thinking is, I'm only looking at you guys, all beautiful. I don't care what I look like because I never look at myself. But my wife, she takes about half an hour to get ready. And you can tell, she's beautiful. I was talking to somebody, and I'm pretty sure it was here in the last month. And so we're talking story, and then my wife comes along, and he stops. He's like, whoa! That's your wife! And I was like, oh yeah, this is my wife. I introduced him. Oh, how will you unscore one cute chick like that? And so, that reminds me when things like that happen. Oh, I am blessed, Lord. I'm your favorite. Because I got the cute chick. My father-in-law is here. He came to support me. That is awesome. He makes me feel so loved and appreciated. He always gives me a big hug when I come to see him. He makes time to sit down, listen to me, talk story with me. He's the only person that eats faster than me. My wife talks about growing up, dad raising her. He's going to UH getting his master's degree in social work so he can help me. She tells so many stories about him, about him investing in her, about the love he has for her. And to today, she'll tell you, I'm just like my dad. My brother is like my mom, but I'm like my dad. And I think, wow, what if we spend time in the morning hanging out with our Father in heaven? Would we become just like him? 
would we do what we see him doing? Would we say what we hear him saying? Would we love people like he loves people? I think he would. He's an awesome example. So I want to say thank you, Mom and Dad, for raising a beautiful daughter. I am overwhelmed by the blessing she is to me. Sometimes she'll tell you I'm off. She'll say, Matt, you're off. O-F-T, off. And I am, but I don't really care because I know the love of my father. You know, in my life, what does being on assignment look like? Because I got to know, what does it look like? In my life, it looks like this. About seven or eight years ago, somebody I was going to church with came up to me and said, Matt, as I was praying for you, I saw this vision. You were standing in front of a bunch of people, and a scroll was coming out of your mouth. I'm just, I'm a firefighter. What are you talking about? But I put that in my heart. Eight weeks ago, I gave the prayer for the people. There's a lady sitting back there on the worship team. She comes up to me during greeting time, and she said, Wow, Matt, did you see all those people crying? And so in my head, I'm thinking, oh, they're probably crying because I went too long. <laughs> or maybe they're crying so they're so happy because I'm finished. But she went on to say, Matt, one day you're going to be up there giving the sermon. She saw my potential when I didn't see my potential. Pastor Thomas asked me about a month ago, Matt, we need somebody to preach. And I was like, that's what Pastor Danny's for. <laughs> I'm always shifting the blame. Two weeks later, he's like, no, Matt, I feel like God wants you to preach. So in obedience, and it's hard to say no to Pastor Thomas. If I think there's ever a representative of Jesus, it would be him. So I agree. And I get together with Pastor Thomas and Pastor Danny, and they help me out. They didn't tell me the do's and don'ts, though. <laughs> I just make any kind. But when we declare things, we can bring the supernatural into the natural because God authorizes us to. So I'm here to tell you, Jennifer, that the words you spoke over me are manifested today. Thank you, Jesus. That's one example. Do I think I'm going to be great up here? I know I'm not. I didn't go to Fuller Theological Seminary because I don't like to study. But sometimes, when we're not perfect, we leave room for Jesus to show up. 
and he makes it awesome. And it's all about him. It's not about us. We are on assignment for Jesus. Wherever we are, with whatever we have, that's what he wants us to bring. But it's easy to preach when you're hanging out with a bunch of Christians to talk about God. What about when we're out there? We just came back from Arizona. My brother-in-law, he got ordained as a pastor. Oh, he loved Jesus. And it was crazy. That was the best vacation I ever had in my life. Because me and my wife and our family, we just hung out with Jesus. That was crazy. I would do that again in a heartbeat. So we're on the plane coming home. So a couple rolls up right across the aisle. I see a gentleman. He, he's pretty sturdy. He makes me feel good about myself. God gave him two or three scoops of aloha. So it comes mealtime. And so he's eating, but he cannot put the tray up. because no more room. So he's holding his tray, eating his food with one hand. He got to put his tray on the ground to open his utensils, and he got to reach down and pick it up. He cannot drink because he's holding his tray. So he's done. He's trying to rest now. He's holding his tray, and I feel like God's telling me, go take his tray and put it on your tray so he can relax. So I reach over and I tap him. I was like, oh, give me your tray. I'll put it over here. And he is so appreciative. Thank you so much. About a minute later, the flight attendant comes. And she touches me on the arm. She said, I saw what you did. That was so kind of you. I think when we are on assignment for Jesus... We will see the fruit of the Spirit. Are we seeing love, peace, joy, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control? Then you know you're in the sweet spot doing your assignment for Jesus. Now, I don't know what's going to happen with this gentleman. If the flight attendant, maybe the next time I'll say, you know what, I'm going to go take that person's tray. I'm not going to walk by five times and ignore it because I want to be kind just like that man who's trying to be like Jesus. Thursday morning, I'm getting ready for my sermon. I'm having my quiet time. Spending time with Jesus. And I feel like he tells me, Okay, Matt, I want you to go down and pick up Nico and Upu and encourage him. So I had met Nico and Upu the day before at Pastor Thomas's house. That's the homeless family that we adopted. So we had a good lunch. 
Pastor Thomas is like, yeah, let's let's have lunch. And and he loved fried chicken. And and I'm all about the fried chicken. Look at this. So anyway, I'm excited about being on assignment for Jesus. Because the last time he told me to go meet somebody, she's my wife now. So I knew something good was going to happen. I washed my face, brushed my teeth. First time in like six months, I brushed my teeth before seven. Hop in my car, I go down to Kalailoa. I hear he lives in a truck. I don't know where he lives, where he came from. So I'm driving, but the day before, he talks about a security officer that passes by during the night that, that doesn't bother them. So I pass by a building, and I see a security officer there. So I pull in, and I tell him, Hey, you see this homeless guy or what? Uh, he has a daughter. He lives in a truck on Barber's Point. You ever see him? And he's like, oh, no, 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 no. Because I kick all the homeless guys out. I was like, oh. I was like, yeah, I met the guy. And God told me I'm supposed to hang out with him and encourage him. He told me he lives someplace where there's a bathroom so his daughter can use it. There's a building that they operate 24 hours so he feels safe. Oh, oh, you know, the only bathroom over here is by the tennis courts. And, you know, there's a bunch of homeless guys on this street over here, two roads down. He's like, I only kick out the troublemakers. If they good, I just leave them alone. But if you find him, you go tell your friend, my name is Lawrence, to look for me, because I'll watch out for him. So I go driving by the tennis court. He's not there. I go down the road where all the cars are parked. I see a truck. It has a tarp over it. But I don't want to go up and go look inside because I don't want to get shot or stabbed. So I pull into a lot, and I call Pastor Thomas. Pastor Thomas, he must know where he lives because he dropped them off. But Pastor Thomas don't answer. So I was like, okay. Karen was over there yesterday. I'm going to call her because she rides with Pastor Thomas. I call her. She doesn't answer. So I'm like, wow. So I'm driving around. No, no more. Barber's Point is one huge place. Pull on the side of the road by a convenience mark. And I was like, God, I know you told me to come down here. I'm going to go look way down on the east side of Barber's Point, and then I'm going home. So I start my car. I start driving that way. Out of the corner of my eye, I see someone walking through a field, and it's Nico. I stop my truck, and he sees me. So he stops. So I go, I pull over there. He's like, hey, what you doing over here? I was like, oh, Nico, God told me to come hang out with you and encourage you. He's like, oh, I'm, I was just going to go over there and get a cup of coffee. I read the newspaper in the morning. I was like, oh, I need coffee. Hop in. Let's go. So we end up 
going to a fast food restaurant with the golden apaches. Oh, the coffee there is strong. He's reading his newspaper. I'm pretending to be wholly studying my book. We end up talking story. And I ask him, Nico, how do you wash your clothes? He said, you know, I try to find someone to give me a ride to Waipahu because there's a laundromat where the washing machine is only $2. All the other ones are $3. I was like, what about the dryer? The thing is expensive. He goes, no, it's only a quarter for three minutes. I do all my clothes, and then I catch the ride back to come back. So I tell him, Nico, I give you a ride. We go wash your clothes. Oh, uh, no, I cannot. I was like, oh, how come? Oh, I know more money. God spoke to me right there. I said, Nico, I live kind of far away in Mililani. It always rains up there. But you like come to my house because my washer and dryer doesn't take quarters. It's free. Oh, yeah. Let's go. So we go pick up all their clothes. We end up spending the day talking about all kind of stuff. Laughing so hard, I get side pain. He's trying to finish his clothes, but he said, Matt, I got to be down in Ever Beach at 2 o'clock because I got to pick up my daughter, Upu. I cannot be late. I was like, don't worry, Nico. I'm going to watch the time, and we're going to be there at 2 o'clock. So he's not done washing his clothes. He get one more load. I was like, Nico, got to stop because... It's time. But he throws it in the washing machine anyway. And he said, Matt, I can take them home in one bag wet. And I was like, you cannot take this thing home. You know more clothesline where you stay. The thing will get all stink. I was like, Nico, what if we go pick up Pupu, come back over here, you can finish drying your clothes, and you both can take one shower. So he's like, you would drive all the way down Ever Beach, come all the way over here and take me back to Kalailoa. And I was like, oh yeah. He's like, okay. So we go. I end up dropping him off in the evening. And we hug each other. He's like, Matt, thank you so much. You are so kind. You are such a blessing. And I was like, oh, I'm the one being blessed over here. When I drop him off, he says, thank you so much, but, oh, your wife going to be okay with this or what? I was like, I never asked. But I told him, I think it's better for ask for forgiveness than for ask for permission and get the no. But I said, Nico, I know one thing. My wife loves Jesus. And if I tell her, he told me to do this, I think it's going to be okay. So I'm driving home, and in my mind, 
This is the song I hear playing. Dum da dum dum. Dum da dum dum da. So I see her walking with her girlfriend. I pick her up. We go home. I park my truck and I tell her, "Oh, honey, I got something to tell you." You know, I had a couple homeless guys in our house. Oh, you should have seen her face. <laughs> But I was like, before you answer, let me tell you something. Jesus told me to go around there. That was my assignment for today. We ended up talking about Nico. We're both bawling in the car as I shared. Nico. If you could do anything in the world, what would you do? And he told me, I would take care of the homeless because there's so many homeless people. There is so many homeless kids. I would open a shelter and charge them five dollars a month to stay there because they need help. You know, I fed him lunch, fried chicken, of course. It's my favorite. And I watched as he let his daughter eat her lunch first. He didn't even touch his lunch. He made sure that after she was finished, she wasn't hungry. Pupu, you want some more? You can have mine. He doesn't sleep at night because he stands guard around his. Car to make sure his daughter is safe, and so me and my wife we're crying because she's like, "Oh, he's a good father." I was like, "This man, oh, he loved Jesus." If you turn with me to John, chapter twenty-one, verse twenty-five. John is saying that Jesus did many other things as well. If every one of them were written down, I suppose the whole world would not have room for the books that were written. John fourteen twelve. Jesus Himself tells each and every one of us, "Very truly, I tell you." Whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing, and they will do even greater things than these, because I am going to the Father. Jesus, He gave blind to the sight. He opened the ears of the deaf. He healed the sick. He cast out demons. And yet Jesus says, "Each and every one of us are going to do greater things than Him. We're on assignment: love God and love each other." You know, in 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 my life, I've had difficult times, a couple of difficult times, where I have been paralyzed. I cannot eat. I cannot sleep. I'm like, oh Jesus, bring me home already. I give up. 
There was a situation close to 20 years ago. I was going through one of these times. I was up all night. I checked my email at about 4 in the morning. And someone had sent me a video that changed my perspective. And I want to show that video right now. Take a look. Are you going through a difficult time? Do you feel like you're not adequate? You have to get things just right. I haven't read the Bible yet. I haven't read the whole thing. Jesus said, I qualify you. You're fully ready. Go out there. Love me. Love your neighbor. In John chapter 16, Jesus tells us, in this world, you will have trouble. He doesn't say, you're my favorite. Maybe you're going to have trouble. He said, you will have trouble. But take heart. Because I have overcome this world. And he did it on the cross. On the cross is where we become holy. We become righteous. Sin is separated from us. We can have communion with our Father. Jesus tells us, let your light shine before others that they may see your good works and glorify our Father who is in heaven. Would you join me as I journey to try to change this world we all have a different assignment, and I cannot do your assignment, and you cannot do mine. Let's take the time to get with the Father, see who we are in Christ, and just let it out. Once we feel the love of God, it'll be shooting out of our pores. There's no way we can contain it. Let's pray.